Hey everyone, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And this is Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. On Tuesday, April 20th, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in the murder of George Floyd. Chauvin was seen on camera last summer using excessive force on Floyd and kneeling on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds that eventually led to Floyd's untimely death. Now, around that time, there were a plethora of protests, rightfully so, and this particular incident, which happened in May, almost a year ago, was one of the main reasons why, along with um, the murders of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. So where were you when you heard the verdict, Cass? Okay, so I was actually watching it. Like, I had the news on because I knew it was going to be coming out, so I wanted to watch it. So I was sitting on my couch in my living room, like, waiting for it. Mm. I was actually at my... I was at my sister's apartment and um, we had the TV off because she was working, but I had my AirPods in and like I was on the Xfinity app watching CNN live, just waiting for it. Cause they said that um, the jury had came to a decision, but they weren't going to tell us what the verdict was until like an hour. So I was just watching the news waiting to see what the verdict was going to be. Yeah. I had CNN on too. Um, when it came out, yeah, I was waiting because they were doing, like, interviews and just showing the area because there were, like, a lot of people waiting for it. Uh-huh. And then, um, obviously, they showed the clip from the courtroom. Yeah. It was – I started crying. I mean, I just couldn't help it. Yeah, um, same. Like, I started tearing up and stuff. But seeing, like, the look on his face, Derek Chauvin, like, I was, like, this he looks like he had no remorse like i was like it was terrifying yeah he was it almost seemed as if he was confused and shocked that Mm -hmm. he was found guilty like he wasn't expecting that and that's very telling yeah because they came to the decision the jury they said they came to the decision like quicker than usual and usually when that happens like the person's going to be found guilty because you know they're not really questioning much Mm-hmm. so his lawyer was probably like listen you're about to be found guilty because for us like we had time like they told us the, you know the verdict after but for him it probably happened quickly and he was probably like what like he knew it was gonna happen but he probably they probably didn't tell him that much before and he just looked like he doesn't have a soul in him like just like they say like someone's eyes are like the gates to their soul like you yeah. can just go by someone's eyes he like looking at him, I was like, "What the heck?" Like it was scary. Uh huh. I agree. Um, it's still as much of a relief as it is that he was found guilty. It's still disheartening because at the end of the day, George Floyd is still not here. Like we can't get him back. But it's and just it's- like oh, I'm sorry. What were you saying? No. I would say it's disheartening also because all of this for like a murder that was obvious that it was a murder, the world saw it. Like literally the video was all across the world. Mm-hmm. And we had this huge trial, this huge movement just to prove that. What well, we already knew. That, yeah, that a murder that everyone saw was actually a murder. Yeah. Like, 
watching the video, there's no way it wasn't. Um, so obviously there's like a satisfaction that he was found guilty because like usually, you know, in these situations, um, cops are never found guilty. But at the same time, I think it was more of a satisfaction, like more of accountability, finally seeing accountability for things that like the cops are doing. But it wasn't really like justice because it should have never happened in the first place. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And like you said, it's really sad that we all witnessed what happened in that video and still were unsure about what the verdict would be because we as a society have just been let down so much leading up to that. Like at this point, it's scary to have hope. You know, there are so many black lives, lives of color, lives in general that were lost at the hands of cops before Floyd that haven't received proper justice. And it's very sad. And there were, after the verdict, there were still people trying to argue, like, he shouldn't have been found guilty or he should have been, like, you know how they're, like, holding him until his sentencing? Uh People saying, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. And I'm just like, what? Like, it's just, I just can't even wrap my head around it. And then even after that happened, there was another incident. Yeah. A cop and a young um, black girl. So... As much as, like, obviously, like, you're happy for the verdict, but it's still, like, not, like, a solution, you know? Because that shouldn't even have had happened. Should have never happened in the first place. You know, mm -hmm. you, the whole point of, well, what they tell you, the point of cops is to protect civilians, protect protect everyday people, and it kind of seems like, um, the system does more to protect the cops than people, like people who aren't cops. Yeah, I was talking with my mom uh, yesterday and she was saying, she was like, it doesn't make sense. Like, like when something's happening, you'll call the cops, but why are they, like, why do they pull out a gun? Like, are they, like, that should not be a thing. You know what I mean? Like, they shouldn't be taught or even if they're not taught, they still can do it. Like, their first instinct should not be to pull out their gun. They're supposed to, like, mediate situations and prevent violence. Oh, protect, yeah. And protect, like, if they're being called over, say, because of a fight, they're not supposed to go over there and pull out a gun. They're supposed to mediate it. Okay, so we're talking about Makaya well, I <clears throat> Micaiah No, Bryant. I'm just talking in general, but, like, I'm like, that's what happened in that situation, but they always do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when they're called over. And then I saw another video of... A guy, I wanted, I don't know what state it was, but he got into an accident. Like, he jumped a curb, and obviously he called the cops. And when the cops got there, he had, they had their guns pointed at him. Meanwhile, he did nothing. He got into, like, an accident by himself. Like, it was just his car. And his hands were out of the car, so someone stopped. Like, oh, like, I stopped and started recording it. And they were like, and the guy was like, why are you doing this to him? Like, he just got in an accident. Like, he's not being violent or anything. And then the cops pointed it to the guy recording and were like, we're cops. You better watch what you do next. And that's just for so recording weird. them. So my thing is like, whenever they're in a situation, like you should be trained that like pulling out your gun is the last thing, unless your life is in immediate danger. Yeah, like it seems like, as if there isn't much 
done to de-escalate a situation before yes de-escalate that's what i was resort to death like yeah exactly they're supposed that's the point of like a cop is to protect and to de-escalate and they do put themselves into life-threatening situations but your first their first instinct or their first move shouldn't be to pull out their gun and start shooting right but that's what's happening so let me just backtrack a little um there was an incident this past week. There were a few, but we'll start with Micaiah Bryant. She was, I believe, 16 years old. She called the cops, and she's also um, she's from Ohio. She had called the cops to help her because she was in a fight. And I'm going to be honest with you. I did not watch the video because I have to give myself a break from things like that. Like It is very traumatizing watching black people die it is traumatizing so i did not watch the video i just had to like read what was going on from my understanding she called the cops to help her and it didn't seem as if there was a lot of de-escalation happening before she was killed and for me um she was holding a knife but i i still there you cannot convince me that she deserved to die. You can't. She was 16 years old. And I feel like um, one of my friends, <laughs> a friend of mine actually said, I've seen school teachers break up fights that looked more dangerous or that were more threatening than this one. And if, you're, if you've gone to public school in an inner city, then you know what she means by that. Like, there have been more threatening situations and people didn't have to lose their lives. And I've seen videos of um, non-people of color acting wild. I mean, pointing assault weapons at cops and have not lost their lives. And Micaiah was not, well, again, I did not watch the video. But from my understanding, she was not waving the knife at the cop. Like she was trying to protect herself from the woman that she was in an altercation with. I did see some still frames from the video, just not the actual video. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you saw it, but from my understanding, like I'm saying, she needed help and she was failed. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I saw it um, like on Twitter, how it plays on the feed, but like I didn't, like, you know how if you click on it, it goes full screen. I didn't want to watch it in full screen because I already knew what it was and I saw it. But I saw yeah. the picture. I saw like still frames and I saw like I read up on it and I read about it. And one of the still frames um, that everyone is using, you know, everyone's like, oh, like she had a knife and she was going to stab the other girl. The thing is, cops, literally cops are there to de-escalate a situation exactly like that. Exactly. When they go to training, they're taught how to like not even like sneak on but how to de-escalate the situation how to get the knife out of there or like talk to them talk them down um that's the thing like the first their first instinct shouldn't be to shoot her like at least there's other ways to yes tase or something like um everyone's like yeah but the cop was trying to save the other girl's life but the thing is when they get training when cops are in training like they're I'm 99.9% sure they're taught to de-escalate fights. Do you know how many fights go on with knives around cities, like you were saying, in schools, right. and it doesn't result in that? 
there was just probably more options. Like, you don't have to pull your gun. And if there weren't, then maybe they should fix it. Like, maybe and there should be reform in police training. Because yeah, that's why, why is yeah. this proper protocol? Like, mm-hmm. why is that normal for and you then, to pull out when, your gun and shoot a 16-year-old yes. girl? Yes. And then how about, like, I saw someone, they were like, why couldn't he, like, shoot her leg or something? And then someone replied, and they are like, that's not how they're trained. Like, they're not trained to do that because it's a smaller target. Like, shooting leg and you can hurt someone else. I'm like, what? I don't like, know. Listen, I'm not I'm not well-versed in police training, but what Clearly I'm there's seeing, a problem. Yeah, something's not right. Um, and then, and there's, there's just nothing you can say to me that will convince me that uh-huh. what happened to that girl was okay. I, yeah, like, there were other things that could have been done before resulting to At least tackle her. her. Nobody yes. thought to tackle. And that, say- even that would have... I don't, there's just, there's training, so many other things you could have done. Yes, like, like training aside, keep, as a human yes. being, as a grown man, a grown man, and this teenage girl, there were so many other things somebody else could have done. You know, yes. like, I have to say, I keep saying, I keep saying in training, I have no idea what cop training is like, but I'm assuming. I'm assuming they're taught how to de-escalate fights. Like, fights out of all things. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. fights are common, and fights with knives are not that uncommon. You know what I mean? Um, and also, what makes it even worse is, apparently, um, there's, like, on video, like, cops were talking about, like, Blue Lives Matter or something to that extent, like, in that area. Like, they were making comments about, like, cops or something like that. Which are not blue lives are not a thing. It's yeah. Not a thing. Um. So apparently, like the cops were saying like things in that nature in the video. Um, I didn't watch the video personally, so I don't. But obviously, if people are saying it's in the video, then it's probably true. But yeah. So once again, that happened. We started talking about this because that happened yeah. right when like the verdict of the. Derek Chauvin within and- the same week yes. and then mm-hmm. we had to we had to mourn um a 13 year old Latino boy in Chicago Adam Toledo he also lost his life at the hands of a cop and it it took like it was like pulling teeth to get that body camera footage released and when yep. when we saw the footage um and of course it they cut it before Adam was shot his hands were up he was surrendering. His hands were up, and and everyone was like, "Oh, but he had a gun." But he didn't have the gun on him. He tossed it. They're saying, "Yeah, he My did toss." Is, and his hands were up. Like, were up. I don't- yes, like, and then I saw someone, and it was like, um, if anyone with a gun has to get shot, then why is there an op- like? Why can you open carry in some states? Like, it does not exactly. Make sense. Just because, like, cops are not taught to shoot anyone. The kid had his hands up. Number one. Like, also, um, let me emphasize, kid, kid. Yes, 13, 13, 13. A child. Kid. But then there's a white school shooter being babied by cops after Walked he just showed up at school. Like, yeah. It's like, you know how to de-escalate in those situations. Mm-hmm. But when it's a person of color, exactly. you just resort to the most violent a thing you can think old. of. A 13-year-old who had his hands up who didn't even have the weapon on him. And then we also, I'm sorry, what were you saying? 
No, it's okay. But that's what I was saying. That's why, um, obviously, the guilty verdict was a relief. Just yeah. because that just never happens. But at the same time, look at like look at what's happening while that verdict was being mm-hmm. released. It's still going so, on. Yes, it's frustrating. But And um, there's going to be another trial because mm-hmm. another young black man, Dante Wright, 20 years old, a young father in Minneapolis, the same city where George Floyd lost his life, was pulled over for what they say were expired registration tags and ended up dying at the hands of Kim Potter because she allegedly thought that her gun was a taser. So she, the police chief said she meant to use her taser, but by accident, she picked up her gun. Like, what? Why are you even tasing someone? Why are you pulling someone over for... An you expired... can't tell the difference between a gun and a taser, and you've been on also, the police force for decades? Why does that kind of stop warrant any force? Like, he got pulled over for expired registrations or whatever. Like, also, apparently she was the cop who's training younger cops. Like, cops coming <laughs> yeah. into the... Yeah. Like, her like why was her first instinct to even go for a take like i don't know it's just clearly there's obviously a problem with the way cops the culture cop culture honestly they have a superiority complex and i'm not saying oh it's every cop but no like they have a superiority complex and obviously something needs to be done like obviously like what and people are like, oh, this and that. Obviously, it's not working. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there's no excuse for any of these deaths. Like, there's literally no justification. None of it. I don't care if some they have weapons on them or they had a knife. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's the point of a cop. The point of a cop is to de-escalate these situations. Yeah. And I it's agree. just not being done. There was this, um... <laughs> there was this guy... Uh, this was like a few weeks ago. Um, I didn't get in a car accident. Somebody hit my car while I wasn't in it. But I'll, I'll say an accident to just make it like um easier term. Yeah. So this white guy was towing my car to like take it to the shop so I can get fixed, whatever. And we were just chatting, you know, just regular conversation. I'm a very extroverted person. We we're just talking. And, um, I was telling him like what had happened to my car the other day and how I told the cop what happened, whatever. Um, the cop was real cool. He like knew who the guy, this is like, I'm going on a tangent, whatever. But we ended up talking (laughs) about cops and the guy who was towing my car, he was like, he just went on and on about like, um, Cops are like afraid to do their jobs these days because I knew where he was going with it. Like trying to um, make it seem like, oh, anything you do can get you in trouble these days. Right. So Mm -hmm. what I took from that was we have been so conditioned to believe that a lot of their behavior is normal that when we call it out it it seems as if like oh my god how for for people who don't see it as a problem they look at it as like well how are they supposed to do their job it's like well how have you not seen that what they've been doing is a problem 
because it doesn't affect you. And then I saw this, this TikTok. I love TikTok. And it was this black guy, right? And he was basically saying like, um, a lot of white people view him as a palatable black person. And I related to that so much because conversations like the one that I had, um, with the white guy that was towing my car happens to me a lot. And it's not conversations that I initiate. It's like, I don't know what it is about my vibe that makes certain white people comfortable saying certain things to me. Like, it's hard to um, put into words, but (laughs) it happens a lot. And I have to like, laugh about it because I think to myself like you would not say this to the next black person like I don't know maybe it's because I'm nice or I just give off this very like happy-go-lucky vibe but there's just been things that those that they're so comfortable saying to me and it's because a a lot of white people view me as a quote-unquote palatable black person do you know what I mean when I say that like no yeah yeah I know what you mean they look at me as like the you know when people say you're not like other black people nobody would dare yeah, say like, that now but that used to be a thing mm-hmm. that yeah 1000 mm-hmm. you're not like other black people and that's kind of what that means by being a um a palatable black person but it's like don't don't get it twisted. Yeah. just because I'm nice don't mean like no or, I'm still um, mm. I remember one of my friends, this was like five years ago, people were saying it to her. We would always talk about it. They'd be like, oh, like, you don't talk like you're black. And we would just look at each other and be like, what? Like, what does that even mean? Right. Like, what? You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. we would look at each other and they would always do it to her. And I'd always talk, like, we'd always, like, you know, we'd have conversations about it. And she'd be like, yeah, they always say it. Like, and it doesn't make sense, but. It's right. just, like, a thing that people, like, it, she's, like, it's not uncommon, like, and she would get it all the time. All the time. And it's, like, mm-hmm. um, I think when things like that happen um, to black people when you're young, you don't really know how to, it's, like, weird. It's offensive. You don't really know how to respond to it. But um, as an adult, when you're in situations like that and you, like, um, however you choose to check them, I hope that you do because I do. Like, however you choose to do it, for me, I'll keep the same tone that I had with you the entire conversation, but I will kindly tell you, like, I'll kindly put you in your place, and then you see them, like, start to squirm, get uncomfortable, and be like, oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't mean it like that, and it's like, you did, (laughs) you did, just own up to it. You meant it exactly how you said it, and I am telling you, I do not agree, and that's just what it is, but you looked at me as quote-unquote not like the others and thought it was cool to say you know how you really feel and I have to correct you or tell you like you know what I'm trying to say oh no I get you yeah 1000 percent yeah it, I I completely understand where your friend's coming from like it, it happens yeah. to a lot of people um, and that I know. um it happens to her more like outside of like like the city which is scarier because that's how these people were like i guess you know obviously when you're inside a city it's a bit more diverse i mean it still happens here but when you go outside it's a bit scarier because like 
if someone's saying that, like they were taught or raised to think differently of mm-hmm. black people. You know what I mean? Like if someone's even saying that, that's why it's just, it's like scary to think about. But yeah, yeah. I totally get what you're saying. I also think that um, a lot of the times, like, some white people don't know what to say in situations. I was on the train once coming from New York and there was this white lady. She came up to me and the person that I was with and I don't know how I could, she was like complaining to the conductor. And then after she was complaining, she had apologized to me and him for like, she thought she was disrupting us and we were, she low key was, but it was funny. So we didn't really care. <laughs> But she yeah. was like, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to disrupt you guys. And she was like, then she started going off on random stuff. And I had braids. I had box braids. She touched my hair. Oh, my oh, God. <gasps> I was like, ma'am, first of all, it's COVID. It's COVID. Do not get in my space. We both, me and him looked at her like, oh, my God. Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? She was like, I, I love your braids. Then she goes on about my skin. And she's like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's like, I wish I could tan like you. First of all, ma'am. No, it's not a no, tan. no. <laughs> Chrissy, I wish you could see my face right now. It's not I'm a so tan. I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> just even hearing this. <laughs> I was like, uh, like, it, Okay. I had tweeted about it too. And so many people were responding like, well, what did you say to her? And I'm like, it was so funny. Like I had to laugh because I just could not believe And she kept going. And she was like talking herself into a hole and I could see that she felt what was happening. And I'm like, you can stop talking. I promise you, you can stop talking and just sit down. Like, what are you doing? You were making it so much worse. Luckily our stop was next. She was getting off in Virginia. <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> but our stuff was next. So we got off the train and we were just like, what just happened? Like, there's really still people like that? You I, don't have to say anything at all. But she, it was the yeah. brain thing and the... Oh, I, and she, she rubbed her arms as she made the, the tan comment. I wish I could tan like you. What? Oh, my gosh. Um... That made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like she could have just said, Oh, like, I love your hair and then walked away. Right. There's nothing wrong nothing with complimenting. Or said, Oh, you're so pretty and walked away. Right. Like she was making it obvious that she was pointing out that I was black. <laughs> like you could easily say, I like your hair, and I would have been like, Thank you. I really appreciate yeah, or that. Like, oh, you're very too. pretty, or just whatever she wanted to say. Yeah, but you you touched my hair. I'm not a dog. I'm not a pet. Do not touch my hair. And then you made the skin comment. It was just... Like, what if someone touched her hair? She wouldn't like it. Yeah. Like, if people touched touched white people's hair, they would call the cops on them, honestly. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? It makes me cringe. Like, they would be like, what are you doing, this and that? Like, I don't know why people think they can go and do that. Yeah, like, it's such an invasion of my space. Like, why do you feel so, why are you comfortable enough or entitled enough to just reach And I couldn't imagine um, someone doing that. Like, for me, um, 
I'm a ginger, so I get a lot of compliments on my hair color. I love your hair once, color. It's still so pretty. Thank you. Thank you. But everyone, like all the time, like I get them a lot about my hair color, but never once has anyone ever once touched it. I think when I was little, like really, really old people would, but you know, not in that way, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like never once has anyone ever once touched my hair, but it's like, I don't know why people feel so comfortable touching black people's hair. It's because maybe they're not familiar with it. That's but their problem. That's their problem. Exactly. Like what the hell? Like, <laughs> like I am so sorry if someone ever went to touch my hair, I'd be like, uh, like it makes you flinch, right? Like even just yes, thinking about yes. it makes you flinch because you're like, hold up, you are close, and it's very uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why people feel so comfortable doing it. And any girl, I mean, let me not even just generalize women. Um, any person that takes time on their hair, especially black people, don't touch me. Don't touch my hair. Like, you know how long it took me to do my hair? Please don't touch it unless I tell you you can touch. It's disrespectful and uncomfortable. I just don't know why anyone would ever do that. Like, you could say, oh, my God, your hair is beautiful, or I love your hair. You don't have to go and touch it. Right. That's the point I was getting at by talking about, like, you know, my hair color. Like, that's the point I was getting at. Like, no one ever goes to touch it. They're just like, oh, like, your hair, you know what I mean? As beautiful as it is. Because, like, I think that was the first thing I noticed about you when I first met you in stats class. I was like, oh, my God. Because you don't meet a lot of um, natural gingers. Thank you. But, yeah, but no one ever goes to touch it. You know what I mean? That's why I don't want why people feel so comfortable, like, disrespecting black people. That's the point I was getting at. Like, Touching someone's hair, that's just disrespectful. I'm sorry. And it's it almost feels like they're trying to prove something. Yeah, like they're trying to um they're trying to prove like, see, I'm down. Like, you yes, know. Yes, yes. Like ugh. it's like, girl, <laughs> be down over there. Don't touch my hair. And then she's gonna say she loves your tan. Yes, my tan Person. girl. She loves my tan. And she wanna tan like me. I said, okay. Good oh luck. <laughs> good luck with that what what like there was just so many other things that could have been done in that situation like oh you're so pretty oh i love your hair and then just like went on your merry way yeah like she just took it the extra mile and like because it was nobody else um in that car except for me the guy that i was with and then her so we could hear the conversation i i guess i understood why um she felt obligated to apologize to us. She didn't, it was a quiet car. We could hear everything. So she felt like embarrassed, I guess, but also because the conductor that she was like going back and forth with was a black woman and that conductor, you know, okay. I I would say, you know, but you, you probably do know. I'm sure you see it on Twitter, how like, if there is a space where something is going on, like black people will kind of like look at each other and communicate non-verbally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a thing. So yeah. she kind of looked at us like afterwards, like gave us a look. And plus she knew the conductor um, knew the guy that I was with. So naturally she just looked over at us and was like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. So I think the lady was like embarrassed like it was us and then her so she was like you know I'm really sorry about I'm like girl it's fine go sit down (laughs) go sit down yeah she should that's what she should have done but yeah I 
Yeah, that's just so uncomfortable. Like, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. What do you even do in that situation? You know what I mean? Because then it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And in today's age, you know, you tweet about it. I went right to Twitter. I said, y'all, let (laughs) me tell you what happened to me. Touched my braids. I'm like, I don't know where your hands have been. Like, Also, just like being touched. Like, you know what I mean? Like, your hair's like... Yeah. Like, I would never feel comfortable... I mean, I would touch my friend's hair, I do, but, like, I would never feel comfortable to, like, if I see someone and she has nice hair, be like, oh, my God, I love your hair, and then touch it. Like, just yeah. tell them they have nice hair, and it'll make them happy. It would. But you don't Right, it's a nice compliment. It. Yes, but going and touching it is, like, disrespectful. Crazy, crazy. Um, in lighter news, the Knicks are currently in the middle of their longest winning streak. Since 2014, they've won eight consecutive games. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Okay, I'm happy for them. I really am. I'm happy for them. Eight games. I'm happy for them. I am, you know, native New Yorker. I'm not a Knicks fan, but I'm happy for them. And what LeBron said about, uh, what, how did he word it? I don't want to, what did he say about the whole league's better when the Knicks are better or more exciting when the Knicks are playing good? That is true. Sorry, did you just hear my stomach growl? No. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, guys. My stomach's growling so much. I'm so hungry. Okay, anyways, let's continue (laughs) on. But what LeBron said, like, that's true. I do believe it. I do believe that um, he tweeted it out, like, the league's more exciting or the league's better when the Knicks are playing better, which is true. I am happy for them. I do think it's more exciting when the Knicks are playing better because no matter how bad the Knicks are, they're still such a – historical team like uh-huh. like msg okay msg in my opinion needs to be renovated oh my god <laughs> like so much i don't i don't like msg i hate like, MSG. I, we always talk about this because remember we went to the barclays center for the nets game and it's so nice oh my god barclays if if Beautiful. you guys haven't been to barclays please mm-hmm. go to barclays before you go to msg like yeah it's more historic the, yes but barclays is just so much it's beautiful nicer. The Barclays Center is beautiful. And then MSG, but still, no matter how bad the Knicks are, no matter how bad the MSG needs renovations, it's always like the Knicks are still at the forefront of so many conversations, like the Knicks mm-hmm. this, the Knicks that. So it is nice to see them playing good, you know? Yeah. Um, And it is more exciting. It's true. So I'm happy for them. And the videos of all, like, everyone in the streets cheering, like, it, it's nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I was a Knicks fan in high school when Melo was there. Yeah, but I, I was when them. I was younger, like ten or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know my dad's a Knicks fan. I just couldn't vibe with them though. Like I, I have that. like <laughs> yeah, I couldn't vibe with them. Like, I was like Landry Fields, Danilo Gallinari, Carmelo Anthony, like that team, Amari Stoudemire. I mm-hmm. literally have all their jerseys in my closet. It was when I was in middle school, but eventually, once I started to like really get more of a grasp of like liking a player and teams and stuff i couldn't vibe with them so then um when the bucks drafted Giannis, i became bucks fan but yeah i was a fan um but yeah you know i just i really couldn't vibe with them the yeah, I, had to, I had to let it go but, but the mellow era right? was different i did yeah. appreciate the mellow era uh-huh i remember i was a fan when carmelo anthony like he wasn't on the team yet, but when he came back, and there um, was a commercial. Was that yes. the song? Yes. <laughs> was that Chrissy. the song that you said? <laughs> Chrissy, I would watch it and cry. 
an iPod Touch. I got an iPod Touch. I used to watch the Carmelo Anthony I'm Coming Home commercial. They showed like the bridge. And I used to sit in the car. I used to watch it and cry at the commercial. Tear up. I like you 10 or 11. You would have won a championship with yes. him coming back home. Oh my gosh. I literally used to cry seeing that like whole ad. And then eventually like I just couldn't vibe with them. Yeah. I mean, there there must be a glitch in the simulation because I really did not think that I would see the day. They are the number five seed in the Eastern Conference. And honestly, Julius Randle is largely to thank for that. He dropped 40 points, 11 rebounds against the Hawks in their eighth win. And they can – can you imagine? Like, we could see the Knicks – make a playoff appearance this year um i know it's kind of crazy <laughs> i'm like what do i like uh i can't even wrap my head around it julius randall though is one of the main reasons like he's actually i keep seeing him julius randall he was really good yeah. um like he's really doing good on the knicks i'm looking at the standings now the 76ers are in first and we're taking the Eastern Conference. Second. mark my words uh-huh yeah um yeah i i'm telling you the bucks are third and guess who's under the bucks um the knicks yeah (laughs) that's crazy to me that's really crazy like the knicks are really up there and then because it's and then you have the celtics at six like that's just crazy heat seven like how how I'm looking at the standings now. That's really crazy. Like, 76ers, nuts and bucks. Like, granted, like, anyone could have predicted that. Yeah. But then the Knicks? That is crazy. I mean, I don't have them making it um, far. <laughs> but like this cool is a thing. huge accomplishment. Yeah. And it, yeah. it sets the tone for maybe um, the next season or the season after that. I, especially because um for so many years like the knicks like they've been getting so much like they're just the butt of all jokes which they I haven't made it. a playoff since 2013 oh no yeah it's been tragic and like they're literally like always getting made fun of but I, that's why i'm happy for them yeah me too like good good job guys good honestly good job you know um that guy what is his name Oh, I feel so bad. But I know the kid's name. He's a guy on TikTok, and he's always interviewing the kids like, Jabria, are you smart? And they always oh answer the questions wrong, but he tells yes. them good job. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> good job, Julius Randall. <laughs> good job. You guys have won eight in a row. Good job. <laughs> That's literally, that is literally everyone to the Knicks right now. That's so funny. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's just it's just like a something we're not used to seeing, you know? At it's all. exciting. I mean, hoping keep it up. It would be really sad if at least for right now, keep the momentum at least until the I playoffs. I think they will just know? because they're having all this hype. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like what the heck? But yeah, I think they'll they'll make the playoffs. Imagine they make the finals. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not because you never know, but no, I wouldn't bet money impossible. on it. <laughs> I would not bet money on it. Point zero 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 one percent chance. Yeah. Not this year, y'all. But just imagine. New York like, would be 
on fire. I literally wouldn't leave my house, though. It's too many people. <laughs> like, that would, would be, be crazy. Though. Like, oh, I can't even imagine like, just going the crowded trains. It would be fun, but also, like, it would be actually cool. I'd have to go celebrate. Yeah. No, I'm not in. I'll go in my, my Bucks jersey. I would live, like, through you. I'd be on yes, FaceTime uh, just watching all the, the I will fun. Literally, I will send you all the clips, FaceTime you. It would be a lot of fun. That's why, like, I'm trying to think, like, I've never experienced any of my teams ever winning. Um, the closest I've come is with the Bucks. I'm trying to think. And then the, oh, when I was younger, the Giants won Super Bowls, but I'm a diehard Cowboys fan since I was, like, five. So I was did not want any part of that. <laughs> but yeah, so sorry, Knicks, you're not making the finals. But if you make the playoffs, I think they'll throw a party for you guys anyways. Yeah, you'll get a lot of credit. So yeah, shout out to the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to take a moment to send our condolences to the family of former Kentucky Wildcats guard Terrence Clark, who tragically lost his life in a car accident Thursday night in L.A., Terrence was 19 years old and had recently announced that he was entering the 2021 NBA draft. He was also signed to Rich Paul's Clutch Sports. And Clutch Sports did release a statement. I will read it out. We are saddened and devastated by the tragic loss of Terrence Clark. Terrence was an incredible, hardworking young man. He was excited for what was ahead of him and ready to fulfill his dreams. Our prayers go out to Terrence and his family who ask for privacy during this difficult time. Um, Kentucky men's basketball coach John Calipari also released a statement following the incident. He said, I am absolutely gutted and sick tonight. A young person who we all love has just lost his life too soon, one with all of his dreams and hopes ahead of him. Terrence Clark was a beautiful kid, someone who owned the room with his personality, smile, and joy. People gravitated to him and to... Here we have lost him is just hard for all of us to comprehend right now. <clears throat> we are all in shock. Terrence's teammates and brothers loved him and are absolutely devastated. They know we are here for them for whatever they need. I'm on my way to Los Angeles to be with his mother and his brother to help wherever I can. This will be a difficult period for all those who know and love Terrence, and I would ask that everyone take a moment tonight to say a prayer for Terrence and his family. May he rest in peace. Um, yeah, the whole sports world is mourning this loss. Uh, Jalen Brown, um, a player for the Celtics, posted a picture with Terrence Clark today on Instagram, and he wrote, words can't even explain for real what I hate the most. The world didn't even get to see how much potential you really had. I hate you. I hate you left with that on you. At NBA, let my little bro's name get called this year. We need that. Um, it's just so sad because everything I'm seeing um, – Every post about him, it's like he was such a good person. His personality shined yeah. through. And he was so young. And he signed with uh, his agent the day before. It's just so, so unfortunate. 19 is very, very young. I believe his birthday, let me double check, is September. Oh, my God. Okay. I think it was September 6th, like a few mm-hmm. days before 9-11. And um, I know, like, I think you and I talk about this a lot. Like, it's so crazy, like, because we have kind of clear memories of that time. And there are kids who either weren't born when that happened or were days old. 
like him. So he's very, very young. Like 19 is barely touching the surface. Yeah. Barely. So this is a huge loss. And, um, you know, we send our, our prayers and our condolences to his family. Thank you guys so much for tuning into season two, episode nine of Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. Make sure that you are subscribed to us here on Spotify and that you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at DYCT Podcast. Again, that's DYCT Podcast, and you will hear from us next week.